2022 is slowly coming to a close as the calendar has shifted into November. And typically in college football, that means teams are getting ready to play some very, very meaningful football. And while Robert Morris is 0-8, they still have some meaningful football ahead of them too as they look to avoid a completely winless season under Bernard Clark. That would be their first winless season in program history. They're also trying to avoid a one-win season. The only time that has happened in program history is back in 2014 when John Banizak was the head coach. So the Colonials have three more tries ahead of them before they would end the season winless, and they come off of a big loss to an FBS opponent in Appalachian State, and we will talk about that momentarily. Welcome into the Bobby Moe Football Show. I'm Nathan Bryson, and I'm joined by two guests. As always, it's Ethan Morrison, but also with us is Colonial Sports Network's Michael Deemer, who is on the ground with the whole crew down there in Appalachian State, Boone, North Carolina. So guys, welcome into the podcast. You guys were down in Boone, North Carolina, covering the 42-3 shellacking that the Mountaineers put on the Colonials. And before we get into that game, I just want to ask, what was the experience like in the middle of fall to go down into the mountains of North Carolina, Boone specifically, what was it like, your experience like down there, Ethan? Absolutely stunning. Uh, just, the, just the views, just the views, just driving into Boone on Saturday morning and just getting the, the, the drive in there right on the highway, getting the trees, the leaves all in their, in the fall foliage was out in full force there. And just like that feel of a college, a college town, like, you know, you, you get that. It's a small. It was a smaller town in Boone, obviously, but you had that nice college atmosphere, college feel. It was obviously homecoming that that weekend, this past weekend, down there. So there were a lot of people out, a lot of a lot of black and gold out there in full force. So it was just a it was a spectacle to see, and obviously, uh, the the stadium as well was was very very nice. A great facility down there at Kid Brewer Stadium, and just to take. You know, all the sights and sounds in there was was an incredible experience for all of us and everyone that was involved on that trip. I definitely would agree with you on that, Ethan. Uh, yeah, definitely a college feel. If you probably would put the definition of autumn or fall, the pi- the picture would be Boone, North Carolina. You were driving through North Carolina. You see the you see the fall colors. Definitely felt like an Instagram filter, honestly. So yeah, it definitely was. That college feel. You know, great for you guys to get down there, check out, the have an experience as you guys did. Um, but, you know, let's go into the game. The, the, the Colonials were big-time underdogs going into the game against an FBS opponent, against a, a powerhouse over the past few years within the Sun Belt. So, you know, Ethan, going to you first, I mean, just what, you know, overall takeaways from this game? Starting off in this game... It, it was very, very tight, very, very competitive, a lot more competitive than I thought. Uh, Robert Morris forced a three and out their first possession in that game, uh, forced out state to go three and out in their first possession of that game. But once again, the offense was just not able to move the ball down the field, which was, which was expected. They're going up against an FBS opponent. They just weren't able to move the ball down the field, but the defense really, really stood out in this game. Uh, Joe Casal getting his first interception of his career uh, as a Colonial, and that was that was a big moment for Robert Morris uh, there in that game. They were they were down seven to three. They were down seven to three 
um, there early in the first quarter, and then obviously App State kind of pulled away from there in the second quarter. Robert Morris getting that field goal there in that second quarter by Jason Jenkins, a, a pretty long field goal, uh, nonetheless, as their only you know source of offense on the day. But overall, I thought the defense played very, very well, especially early on in the game. And they were just very, very successful, making App State feel very uncomfortable. And, you know, I would I would assume Sean Clark was not too happy until the middle to end of that second quarter where they really started to find their groove there. But Robert Morris was giving App State some fits there early on. It's something that I wasn't really expecting coming into it. Obviously, Robert Morris coming into it 0-7 on the year. Really haven't had a lot of success anywhere on either side of the football. So just to see them have some success against a, a top team in the Sun Belt Conference in an, as an FBS school, you, you can't really ask more out of Robert Morris and especially the offense and defense, especially with what they came into this game of, of being winless and, and not hanging their head down. I mean, they really took Coach Bernard Clark's sentiments to heart of, you know, only t- – or only – you know, dealing with the loss, dealing with the loss for 24 hours and then moving on to the next week because, you know, they looked like a 1-0 team going to battle with, with you know, Goliath there going down to Boone for that first half. And, you know, I, I, I think if you're head coach Bernard Clark, you can't be – you ha- you have to take away something positive there that they really hung in there with App State in that first half and really – you know, at least tried to get some things done and, and, and took away some positives from that game. Yeah, and leading up to that game, I had the, I had the opportunity to um, collaborate with David Ware, who was who was part of App State Mania on the 24-7 Sports Network, and he asked me one of his questions, a little five-on-five he does, um, asking me some questions just, you know, despite them, the Colonials being down early in multiple games, I mean, they still have this fight, and I, I told him, I mean, as long as Bernard Clark's on that sideline, that team will go out there and at least fight for points. They might, you know, not be able to do so, but they'll show their grit and determination. And speaking of these FBS, you know, opponents and, and better FCS opponents, I mean, just two years ago against – two or three years ago against James Madison, a very, very good FCS team that's now in, you know, FBS play. Um, they played them well in the first half. They they were They were – keeping it really close with James Madison. And so, yes, they were big underdogs against App State, but you knew there was a chance they could go in and at least play some respectable football, and that's what they did. And, Michael, for you, I mean, you were there covering on the game coverage. You talked to Clark after the game. You watched the game all the way through. You know, what were what were your takeaways from the game? I definitely think it was some similarities to the Miami-Ohio game, especially in the first quarter. In the first quarter, it was a also miami Sorry, against the Miami game, they were winning that game. It was very, it was very close throughout. They were severe underdogs in that as well. But like you said, uh, in App State, they had two three and outs. Uh, they had that field goal to cut it to seven to three. And during that drive, they had a lot of big plays. Uh, there was a thirty-seven yard pass to Demonte Martin. It, they co- they covered on fourth down, a third down conversion to set up that field goal. So definitely. Uh, some respectable football, like you said, to stay relatively close and maybe shock a couple of people to keep it close in the first half. And obviously they ran away for it in the second half. But 
respectful football from an 0-7 team that if you look at it on paper, if you don't look at the record, then they would definitely uh, not believe you to say that they're an 0-7 team. Yeah, and you know, looking specifically at the play of Anthony Chickett, he was back under center once again for the second consecutive week, played all the way through, went 10 for 27, 70 yards. He did throw an interception on, on the very first play against the Mountaineers, and following the game, CSN had the opportunity to talk to Clark just about Chickett's performance. Just making the right decisions. I mean, that's what it boils down to. When it comes to quarterback, it's not so much about arm strength. A lot of times, things like this, making the proper decisions. Even when he threw the ball long and it was incomplete, he did make the right decision to where the runner, the wide receiver, had a chance at the ball. For Chickett and the Colonials, it seems like Clark has really gone and trusted him. And again, against a very good defense, against a very good team, Chickett was able to lead some competent drives. And, you know, maybe, maybe it is a little bit of a a good sign for the Colonials that maybe with these last few games left in their schedule, they can string together a few wins, a few at least good performances, even if you don't win the game. And it seems like Chickett's just the guy the rest of the way. Yeah, Nate, other than that one interception from Chickett, yeah, he wasn't flashy like we saw him against Dayton, but he 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 was he was good enough. He I mean, he made some good plays. He made some good throws. He, he connected with uh, DeMonte Martin a couple of times. Um, and, 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 you know, completed some decent passes um, throughout that game. But just, I mean, just overall, just wasn't able to move the ball down the field. But he was making the right reads for the most part. Uh, made, like I said, made some good passes there. And just, you know, continuing upon what he did in that second half against NCA&T of just, you know, making sure and staying focused and making those right reads. Yeah, that first pass for him against apps or that first drive against app state offensively was was a struggle for him throwing that interception early on in that game that set Robert Morris back early on and that gave app state the lead but really other than that I, I I felt like he he played you know decent yeah only 70 yards through the air once again but against an FCS or an FBS opponent excuse me I, I didn't think he played that bad compared to what we've seen, you know, other quarterbacks go out and, and play and uh, in, in what they put up against, you know, against other opponents earlier this season. It was the very first pass of the, it was the very first pass of the game where he threw that interception. Other than that interception, like he wouldn't, he wouldn't have turned the ball over. It was um, definitely uh, good to see him be maybe not go down the field, but like you said, have some respectful football, against an FBS team, that's not what you expect. You don't expect him to go for 300 yards every game, but especially against a team like App State. But if you're going to maybe turn some heads and maybe prove your name out there, then uh, that game was something you wanted to put on your resume and say that wasn't that bad of a game. Yeah, but then looking at the App State side of things, they were able to get the ticket three times defensively which has been an issue all year long for the O-line and the Colonials. But now looking at App State offensively, Chase Bryce, a former Power 5 quarterback with Duke, ended up throwing for four touchdowns and was intercepted once, as we mentioned, Joe Casal with that interception. It was nice to see him get that. Bryce threw for 185 yards. And then the run game, once again, been a huge problem for the Colonials defensively, trying to stop other teams rushing units. Several guys factoring in, totaling 287 total yards for two touchdowns. 
Nate Noel led the charge with 88 yards, and then you had Anderson Castle and Kanye Roberts, both with 67 and 57 respectively, but also a touchdown each for them. So the ground game, again, App State getting going. I mean, for you guys there at the game, defensively for the Colonials, sort of what went wrong? I mean, FBS team, big guys, big O-linemen against maybe some smaller O-line. I know also Rico Watson went down with an injury. So on the defensive line, he's one of their big playmakers for the Colonials. But continuing, I mean, what's just the trend for the Colonials defensively against opposing rushing? They, they just can't seem to stop it. I, I think it's just what we've been talking about, Nate, the, the past several weeks on, on this podcast is that they're just out on the field way, way too long. Like in that, in that first quarter, there were, I mean, there were, there were so many drives that Robert Morris just turned the ball over very, very quickly, just couldn't get anything going. I mean, their first, their first drives in the first quarter, punt, punt, um, and then, you know, a, a kickoff, a punt, interception, punt. So they're they're turning the ball over so many times throughout the throughout the throughout the first several minutes of of that game. I mean, they they had to punt the ball twice in the span of two minutes to start off the game, and then another another punt three minutes after that. So, you know, just it it, it just has not gone well for them offensively, and I think that will that translate to translates defensively later on in the game because. Obviously, you're going to lose stamina as the game progresses. You need to give your defense some time to rest, and that's just something Robert Morris has not been able to do. We talked about it last week about Robert Morris's inability to move the ball down the field. You know that once again showed up this week against App this past week against Appalachian State. We knew it wasn't going to be easy for this Robert Morris team to move the ball down the field, but it was just the story of the game once again to where they just couldn't find success there moving the ball down the field and. The defense kept him in it in that first quarter, only allowing seven points, that one touchdown um, early on in that game, forcing a turnover. And really in that second quarter, um, you know, they were only down 14-3. to So it wasn't like an insurmountable comeback that they were that they were dealing with there, but just the offense just had nothing to show for it and couldn't find the end zone there in this game and just couldn't move the ball into the red zone at all had to kick that long field goal as their only source of offense. I mean, it wasn't a bad game by any means by the Robert Morris defense in that first half, but they just got, you know, obliterated once again on the ground. It was obviously, you know, a running back by committee there. Nate, like you said, everyone, you know, joining joining into the parade there, running the football with, with 287 yards. But, you know, Chase Bryce, he didn't really have, have to really even break a sweat 17 completions only for 185 yards, four touchdowns on the day for him, which was a very, very impressive stat line for the Mountaineer quarterback. But, you know, yeah, Robert Morris, I think just, you know, continuing that story of the defense is just on the field way, way too much. And it's something that needs to change throughout these next, for throughout these next three weeks, throughout these last three weeks of the season if they want to have any sort of success there um, on that side of the football. Uh, yeah, Ethan, uh, adding on to that, if you're, if you're going to have the defense on the field a lot of the time, they're also having the offense a little amount of time after that six-minute min- six field goal drive, and they also had a 13-minute a drive after, after that to, uh, 
to to punt, but also after that it was 58 seconds, two minutes, a one minute 30, just a lot of short drives, a lot of short drives time-wise, and then translating to that, App had touchdown, 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 and that's just gonna it's just a recipe for disaster in a way. If you're gonna be on the if you're gonna have the offense on the field for a short amount of time, having your defense on for a long period of time, it's gonna translate to a scoreboard like 42 to three Appalachian State over Robert Morris. And of course, with this game, the Colonials just across the board, the numbers just not pleasing to the eye. And another thing that has continued to just plague the Colonials is third down conversions. They just haven't been able to move the ball. They were four of 17. Once again, they continue to sit last in all of FCS, 123rd with 22% conversion rating. Their pass offense, rush defense, and rush offense all continue to be in that lower quadrant of the FCS. And looking overall across the landscape of Division I football, there are only three winless teams across the entire state of Division I football, and Robert Morris is one of them, along with Mississippi Valley and Western Illinois. So they're getting on the verge of potentially being the only winless team on the year and in the year of 2022. So the Colonials, you know, definitely have a lot of work to do. Bernard Clark, after the game, talked about them moving forward and taking, you know, what were the takeaways from the game for him? In this situation here, it's, it's strictly the scoreboard, to be totally honest with you, but I'm just kind of tired of the whole situation. We're 0-8 right now. we got to win the game. That's what it boils down to. we got three games left. we got to figure out a way to put something together as coaches to put these guys in the best position so we can win a football game. That's what it boils down to. That's what I'm taking away from this game is putting ourselves in a position so we can win a game. As Clark mentioned, you know, the team just needs to put itself into the situation to win, and the one thing Colonials need to work on is being able to move the ball down the field. But that's when Charleston Southern comes into play as that's our next game. But real quick, before we get into CSU, let's take a look at the Big South standings. North Carolina A&T, 5-3 now, 3-0 in the Big South. Gardner-Webb also 3-0. Campbell, 2-1, 4-4 overall. And then there's the bottom tier of the Big South standings. Charleston Southern is now 1-7. They, were, they played a non-conference game last week. We'll get into it in a second. Bryant and Robert Morris at the bottom, 0-3. Colonials will see Bryant in a few weeks. But, guys, let's look at this matchup versus Charleston Southern. CSU is 1-7. Their only win coming against Bryant with a 24-23 victory, a one-point win. And this past week, they're coming off a 10-point loss to former Big South opponent, Kennesaw State. Yeah, and uh, Charleston Southern, excuse me, They've they've had a rough season so far, going one and seven overall, oh or one and two in conference play. So this is definitely Nate. I know we circled this this game and the Bryant game on on the schedule over the past couple of weeks or a couple of weeks ago um, as one of the games that Robert Morris has a decent shot of winning. So you know it it, it is a toss up at this point. I mean. Yeah, when you look at this, when you look at the schedule, Kennesaw or Charleston Southern, excuse me, has played some you know formidable opponents. North Carolina State earlier on in the season um, also took a loss to Western Carolina to open up the year. Also played games against Eastern Kentucky and Furman in non-conference play. Then 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 has squared off against Campbell. Uh, their one win on the year came against Bryant. They barely defeated the Bulldogs, twenty-four twenty-three. 
that was a couple Saturdays ago. But, you know, overall right now, I mean, this is a game that Robert Morris going into it, especially after the way the the defense played last weekend against Appalachian State, a game that you think Robert Morris would have a pretty good shot at. They are in the same boat as as Robert Morris. They lost their they lost their quarterback Jack Chambers to a as a transfer. He's now at North Carolina State. Now they have also a lot of quarterbacks and on a carousel like like Robert Morris has. Obviously, Chicket Tanner played a Tanner played a little bit, but also for uh, and other quarterbacks as well. Charleston Southern, though, they started the game against Kennesaw State this past Saturday with Tony Bartolo. He went 17 for 25 with 107 yards and an interception. And then Damon Fleming came in and made the most of his uh, game in relief with 13 for 15 with one more yard with 108. So, like I said, a, a carousel there all season long for the Buccaneers. Definitely in the same boat with, at quarterback. Definitely missing their star guy, George Martin, for Rob Morris, and now Jack Chambers for... Charleston Southern. Yeah, for for Charleston Southern, like you mentioned, Michael, Tony Bartolo, who was the starting quarterback, he lost a fumble through that interception and was replaced in on the second series of the third quarter by that redshirt freshman, Dem Damon Fleming, who finished off the game. And they're, like you said, in a very similar, similar situation as the Colonials. Just like the Colonials lost George Martin last year, it's Jack Chambers they lost for CSU. And Jam Chambers is has played some time for NC State this year at the Power 5 level, so good for him, and he really balled out for CSU over the past few years, and that's a big-time loss for the Buccaneers, and they haven't really found their consistent starter just as the Colonials. So a, a big key thing to watch, I mean, the way Fleming finished off the game, 13 for 15, completing nearly all of his passes for 108 yards. He was sacked once, didn't throw a pick, didn't throw a touchdown, but... He played well down the stretch to try to give them an opportunity against a pretty solid Kennesaw State team that rolled through the Big South almost year after year. So you probably would expect him to be that starting quarterback for the Colonials. Absolutely. And, yeah, it just just the, the, the quarterback play for Charleston Southern has, has been nothing less than ideal. Like, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, Robert Morris and what they've had to deal with in terms of the quarterback play, it lacked consistency. It's lacking consistency there, but – also, I mean, there, there there hasn't been much success running the football um, either. Not not too many guys, you know, having success there uh, for the Buccaneers uh, this season. J.D. Moore uh, is their leading rusher uh, for Charleston Southern uh, through eight games, has rushed the ball 68 times, only rushing for a net gain of 437 yards and four touchdowns only averaging 54 yards per game. And then just their second leading rusher, T.J. Ruff, 242 yards, or 214 yards, excuse me, um, net on the year. Just 20, averaging 26 yards per game there. Charleston Southern just averaging under 100 yards per game rushing. So if you're Robert Morrison, as a team that's you know given up 200-plus yard rushing games over the past several weeks, you got to look at this game and, and just say, you know, we have a good shot of coming out and competing hard, especially defensively, and hopefully the offense can figure itself out, um, especially with Chicken getting, you know, some consecutive starts, um, you know, going now his third consecutive start um, 
this upcoming week against Charleston Southern. So just trying to figure that stuff out offensively. I think the defense, you know, against a team that has uncertainty on the quarterback side and rushing has also, you know, struggled as well. Just, you know, if, if the defense can come together there like they like they have been playing, yeah, it's been rough for them at times, but they've played pretty solid football um, over the course of these past couple of games in, in spurts, but if they could put it all together against Charleston Southern, they'll have a really good shot. Yeah, and, you know, would it surprise you? I think it's a bit surprising. Charleston Southern lets up more points per game than the Colonials. After what the Colonials have endured over the past few weeks, they allow 35.8 points per game, just a little bit more than the Colonials. But, I mean, that's shocking to me. I didn't think that would be the case, especially with the Colonials teams they've had to play. Now, the outlier for CSU is they did play NC State earlier in the year, let up 55 points against them, against a Power 5 team. But RMU's coming off the, a road game against a very good FBS team, you know, over the past few years, especially against App State. But the Colonials have a lot of work to do. They need to continue to work on that consistency, Ethan, as we mentioned week after week. And, you know, Michael, for you, what what is the Colonial? What do they need to do against CSU? I think I think definitely they need to their, – their defense, as you said, Ethan, was – is not exactly ideal. App State is obviously, obviously an FBS team. But if they're going to expo- – like I looked at their uh, rushing defense and they're about – they're also below average when it comes to – when it comes to the rushing defense. So if you want another 100-yard-plus game for Elijah Jackson, Anthony, Anthony Purge to have himself a day, any, anything like that, I think Charleston Southern might be another game that he might be able to do that. It is, It hasn't been something you see very frequently, especially in 2022. But, I mean, if you're going to have it, if you're going to have it and, I was, and to get your first win, you need to have a big day from him. Chicket also needs to bring his A game against a one and seven team, which you haven't really, which you haven't really seen from their opponents. You haven't really seen the Colonials have any weak opponents like Charleston Southern. They they play Bryant after the uh, after that for their last game of the year at home. But I think Charleston Southern is their first game where they actually have a good chance of getting their first win. Yeah, especially Big South. I mean, outside of the Delaware State game. Charleston Southern is really the opportunity to grab a Big South victory. And it's expected to be a beautiful day down there in Charleston, South Carolina on Saturday at Buccaneer Field as the Colonials try to get that first win of the season. But that'll do it for us on this episode of the Bobby Moe Football Show. As always, check out our content on Colonial Sports Network. Check out our Twitter account, RMU underscore CSN. And you can find us on Instagram at Colonial Sports Network. For Michael Deemer, Ethan Morrison, I've been Nathan Breisinger. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bobby Moe Football Show.